Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 102. It's now been one year, two weeks, and two days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today I'm in the Wayback Machine because I'm sitting right here at one of my first podcast spots at Descanso Garden by the dry riverbed with the nice bench. And I was in the neighborhood and I thought this would be pretty cool to see how it would be to sit here and podcast again. Now it's a little bit later in the day than I used to come here to podcast, so you might be hearing more people as well as birds, maybe some machinery in the background. And I have so much I want to cover today, we're just going to have to push through and hope for the best. Also, today's show is all about bravely facing up to the truth, our truth, the truth of how we're seen in the world, the truth that our truth can change, and that's okay. After we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll fill you in on what I'm letting go of today. Then I'll read a couple of iTunes reviews that share the truth of how these PCs view the show. I'll have a couple of brief announcements that share some truth from my point of view. The unknown foolish funner will give us a chuckle. We'll learn the truth about why Suzanne is on the Bravery Report twice. I'll play one of my last voice acting class dialogues with the truth about them as per my teacher and director, Mark Cashman. We'll have reactions to our epic episode 100 from Cheryl, Pat, and Sue from the UK. Then I'll wrap up the show with reactions from Suzanne and Stephanie from Quebec to the truth of sizeism as ranted about by me last show and in a blog post called Fitting In, Hating the Simpsons and Loving the Kindness of Strangers and more. So stay tuned while I listen to Josh here at Descanso, then I will reveal the truth behind what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go. silent wind that never really blows I'm letting go Well Josh, it surely feels like old times to be sitting here listening to your beautiful music about letting go while I'm looking at the gorgeous oak trees by the dry riverbed here at Descanso. It really does bring back a lot of the things that I thought about early on in the podcast in the early days of the episode. So I know there's even new BCs right now, even as we speak, who are starting with show one and working their way through to the end. And they're experiencing my life as it was happening more than a year ago. That is just weird to think about. And for some of them, I'm sitting here on this podcast rock talking about things that were on my mind then. So it kind of blows my mind like we're in some kind of weird sci-fi parallel universe with the old Lori still alive and speaking about her concerns and this Lori right now speaking about her concerns is just kind of mind bending. Maybe there's some great science fiction script in there somewhere. I don't know. But it's pretty cool to think about that I was able to capture all those thoughts and feelings and lessons for myself by sitting here and just telling you the truth about what's on my heart. Now, truth to be told, you know, as I'm saying truth a whole lot, but truth to be told, 
it was a lot of bravery on my part that I actually opened up to you guys back in the olden days of the early podcast episodes and admitted to you when I was feeling whiny or needy or pathetic or that I ate too much or that I worried about things or that I was feeling perfectionistic or that I was a clutter person. To actually say that out loud, my goodness, that took a lot of guts. It took a lot of courage for me to share my truth. And even as we went on, like layers of the proverbial onion, you'll notice that I shared different kinds of truth as I got to know you all a little better. And today, you know, it's a little bit easier for me to spill my guts and to admit to you things that are going on with me, but it's still not super easy, right? It's not like it's rolling off the log or just easy to do, but it's a lot easier. And why? Because I've had so much darn practice with it. I have told you guys things I never thought I would tell anyone except my therapist. And to be honest with you, there's some things I've told you that I didn't even tell the therapist until recently. (laughs) Isn't that strange? And I think part of it is, is while I'm sitting out here podcasting, like we talked about before, In my world, it's just me sitting here on a bench like today or on a rock or up on my upper zen place or next upper zen place on the mountain, alone with nature, thinking things to myself and letting those thoughts just flow through my mouth and the microphone picks them up. But now that we've had so many interactions, you and I together, you've written to me, you've called the Bravery Hotline or sent me audio or posted on Facebook or sent me an email or used the contact form. You guys have been contacting me and having conversations with me and letting me know, hey, Lori, we're here, we're out here, we're listening, we relate, or we have this different experience, or whatever that might be. We now have this whole community of people that have their own experience, their own truth, their own point of view, that see things differently. And because you've been so generous in giving me this communication, this is a long way of saying what I'm going to let go of today. What's on my mind to let go of today is fear of hearing the truth, okay? And that includes hearing the truth from myself. You know, when you get that niggling little feeling in your gut that something isn't quite right, or this situation isn't quite working for me, or I don't like that, or this is uncomfortable, or no, Miss People-Pleasing Lori, you don't really want to do this. These things can be your truth coming up from the inside. And sometimes we eat or do other behaviors, such as watching junk TV. I've been kind of into that mode lately. To stop ourselves from hearing this and having to deal with these unpleasant truths when they come from inside of us. Now, other truth that we might not want to hear is when people make remarks You know, like we've talked about, some people used to feel free to comment on my size or how I look or whether it was losing weight, gaining weight, or making a joke or a nasty comment. But it's not even just about weight. People feel free to comment about anything that I do based on their point of view, right? Like, here's something where Mark and I have a difference. I'm someone that I love to celebrate my birthday on my birthday. I like to celebrate our anniversary on our actual anniversary. 
even though our actual anniversary is very near Mother's Day and it's really, really annoying for us to be trying to go out and have a romantic evening and be reminded of the fact that we're not parents, right? So maybe it would make sense you say, well, Lori, how about then you celebrate your anniversary maybe a couple weeks later when it's not Mother's Day? Wouldn't that be better? Well, in Mark's mind, maybe for a lot more reasons, but for me, it doesn't feel quite the same. For me, it gives me an extra layer of joy to celebrate things on that actual day. Might be part of my anal compulsive obsessive mind that says, this is the day that this happened. This is the day to celebrate. Notice my epic show 100 where we all celebrated the one year anniversary of compulsive overeating diary was recorded on the actual one year anniversary. Now, I knew there was a good possibility that that might not happen, but I did all in my power to make sure that it did. Why? Does it matter to you? Some of you won't even hear my one-year anniversary show for another year, right? Some of the newbies, they might not hear it on the anniversary. But for me, who is celebrating, the part of me that wanted to say, Yahoo, Lori, look what you've done. Look at what the community is around you. The truth for me, Lori, was I love to celebrate on the day that something happened. That's how it is. Now for Mark, he dislikes having to celebrate anything on a particular day or time. For him, it puts a lot of pressure on him. Like, well, if I can't make something wonderful happen for Lori on March 9th, her actual birthday, if I can't figure out something for March 9th, or maybe like if we're going to Las Vegas, there's a convention around that time. So rooms are, gosh, expensive like crazy. And they're much less expensive the next week. I don't feel that I can even suggest that because I know how important it is to Lori. So I mark feel all this pressure to the extent where I don't really enjoy celebrating her birthday as much as I would if she would be a little more easygoing about it and just let things happen as they happen. You know, in other words, quit trying to have schedules, quit trying to plan everything, quit trying to control your entire world to suit yourself. Well, part of me feels bad about that, but part of me doesn't. Why not? Because it is my truth. It is absolutely 100% my actual truth that for whatever reason under the sun, I don't care if it's my compulsive mind or if it's just the way that I'm built or it's from my family history of celebrating birthdays on birthdays, but in my emotional DNA, there exists an absolute extra amount of pleasure and enjoyment when things are celebrated on that day. Now, does that mean that I have to be unreasonable and make everybody's life absolute hell if they cannot celebrate with me on my actual birthday or my actual anniversary or on the anniversary of the show or my 10 year anniversary at work or whatever that might be? No, because their truth might be, I'm not available that day. I will go out to dinner with you a few days later. I want to celebrate your birthday. I'm not available. 
or it might be, I can't afford those awful high prices in Las Vegas on that week when the convention is in town. And so your birthday time is, you know, too expensive. But I can't afford if we go a different time. And I want to celebrate your birthday. So those truths can coincide, right? Those truths are good to hear. Because if I can hear Mark's truth and understand why he is feeling stress, is that things aren't working out for us to celebrate on the day. Him wanting to please me, him wanting to make my day special, and he's feeling pressure because the day is inconvenient. It's better that he can tell me that and me not go in pout mode and bitch mode and I'm not talking to you and let me give you the stink eye mode because you're not moving heaven and earth to make my day perfect, right? Likewise, it isn't fair for Mark to expect me to say, whatever, I don't care if we ever celebrate my birthday on my birthday ever again because I want to accommodate you, honey, and make sure you never, ever, ever in my fairy tale world ever, ever feel pressure again. That would make me absolutely resentful and pissed, and I would be a people pleaser if I was negating the truth of my heart, which is I like to celebrate on my birthday, but if I negate the truth of his heart, which is I don't like the pressure of having to 100% at all times celebrate things on actual days, no matter what else is happening around us. That is a recipe for communication disaster, for us to be mad at each other and for us to not have a happy marriage, right? The more we can communicate our truth in a calm manner and to accept it, Notice the difference here. Now I'm learning, in a good part to therapy, I'm learning to accept people's opinions, accept their experience, accept their truth without letting it shake me. I don't feel compelled to change my truth, to compromise perhaps, because it seems the best thing to do. And it feels a whole lot better to say, you know what? I prefer to celebrate my birthday on my birthday, but I understand that this year it makes more sense if we move it out a few days into another week. Now, as a matter of fact, that's not happening this year. We're going to go away and celebrate my birthday on my birthday. But as an example, it serves, okay? What are some other areas where I've had to learn to let my truth be okay and not be scared of hearing someone else's truth? Part of that is in my voice acting lessons, right? I've had to learn how to take that critique and not melt. And I have been very honest with you about how difficult that is for me to be in the sound booth and have to hear my performance critiqued, whether they're making jokes about it or giving valid feedback, that whole panic of non, not being perfect, right? To not be perfect feels kind of like I'm going to die. It absolutely feels like I am suffering the slings and arrows of despair and I want to literally melt into a puddle on the floor. That is how hard it is for me to hear that 
or I should say in the past, how hard that was for me to hear those things. And I didn't like to hear those things from anybody. I didn't want to hear it from my mom growing up. I didn't want her opinion on things. I didn't want to hear it from my other teachers. I didn't want to hear it from my friends. I didn't want to hear it from anybody because my perfectionism was so ingrained that I needed to be absolutely perfect that if somebody's truth was different from my truth, it made me feel as if I was literally not going to survive. So I developed all kinds of mechanisms, including the robot aliens coming down and distracting me with body obsession and overeating and binging. I made all kinds of ways that I would not have to pay attention to nor hear the truth of others as concerns me. I could not do that. I need to keep myself separate, kind of in cotton wool, kind of not allow that truth in, put, you know, the fingers in my ear going, la, 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 that I can't hear you, la, 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 in order for me to emotionally survive. Well, what happens then if you block out the truth of people's critique or opinion? You know, now it's one thing, again, you should block out and dispute people who are mean to you or saying critical things to you in a mean way. But what about the people that are just sharing their point of view or maybe have noticed something that would be helpful for you to know about, right? What about that? What happens to us when we block out hearing or letting that truth come into our ears or our heart at all, right? One example is to become a people pleaser like I also was. Okay, if I let your truth in, I must immediately flip a switch, negate anything I feel myself or my own opinion, and start behaving as if your truth is the truth. You have the supreme truth of everything. I shall now put myself in, out from the blanket, but I am not feeling my truth anymore. I'm just going with yours. And that builds resentment. That's not good. That doesn't help out anything. <laughs> Believe me, it does not help anything to just give in when it's against your truth. It doesn't help. But you also miss out on actual, authentic, emotional closeness in your relationships. If you cannot allow people to be who they are, you can't get to know them. And if the people in your world are not able to allow you to be who you really are, if you have to constantly be fake and behave in ways that are not true for you, then you don't have a relationship. Then you are two actors on the stage of life interacting in situations, but neither of you have gotten to know the other. Now, do I think that people that you meet, you should shake their hands, spill your guts, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a compulsive overeater, or I have these issues, or this is going on with me, or I'm sad about this. No, that would not be very good. But as, as your relationships grow and change, and the relationships get to the place where the other person is deserving of your trust and care, it is kinder to tell them the truth about things than it is to make fake excuses. Because when you tell the truth, then sometimes something can be done to compromise, just like my birthday example, right? What if my teacher, Mark, just kissed my butt and told me I was great at voice acting in order to get my money for me to take the next class? He might be a little more rich, but I would not be any closer to having any viable chance to audition and book a voice acting job. 
the fact that he cares to tell me when I'm doing well and when I'm not, and that I can trust him absolutely to give me his honest opinion, makes his opinion very, very valuable. And as I said, it doesn't make me feel good to hear that I am falling below the mark, that I'm falling short, that I'm not there yet. I just got my latest report card, and while I made progress, I can't remember if I told you this, but, but basically he's saying you're not ready to move on. You're not ready to go at this point into the advanced class or to do a demo. And normally that would put me into an absolute puddle of shame and despair. And I would feel really, really bad because I went the extra step of hiring David to be my acting coach and to help me improve my acting. And I worked at it with all my heart and I did improve just not enough to make that next step. Okay? So I'll be honest, it took me a few days to let that truth sink in and the disappointment to feel it. I didn't run for chips though. I sat there with that feeling going, wow, this is really disappointing. You know, I did all I could to get better in these areas and I worked really hard and I did make improvement, just not as much as I was hoping. So then I did the brave thing and I emailed Mark and asked him if he could make time to, for me to talk with him on the phone and find out more specifics about why he said what he said and what he wrote down what he wrote and what kinds of things in his opinion were needed for me to improve. And right now he's busy on a job doing something but he agreed when he returns that he will speak with me and give me some of this feedback. And Brave Companions, <laughs> this is a big, big deal. My therapist gave me a big thumbs up today for this bit of bravery because that was so unlike me. So unlike me to feel badly and to feel bad about my performance and yet to be able to say, wow, there must be good reasons for this. I need to hear it so I can move forward and let me put myself out there to hear more of it to hear more specifics about it so that I can grow and I can achieve my goals. So today here in my podcast bench on the dry river bed at Descanso Gardens, what I'm going to let go of today is fear of truth. Your truth, my truth, and the truth that might benefit me into understanding how to get to know people better and how to improve in ways that will help me meet my goals. Okay, well the truth is, after I let things go, I like to have thank yous because I have heartfelt feelings when you guys give me reviews or do something to help me out and some announcements because there's things I need to let you know. So we're going to move right into that. And the first one is in the better late than never category. I'm sending heartfelt thanks and smooches to the BCs who posted two new reviews about Compulsive Overeating Diary on USA iTunes. Actually, I shouldn't say they're new because they're actually from December, but my automatic service emails these to me about a month later, and last month when I first got the email, I was wrapped up in creating show 100. But anyway, 
the automatic service checks all of the countries for new reviews. So if you are in the UK or Macedonia or New Zealand or France or Sri Lanka or another country that has an iTunes store and you post a review, I'll find out about it and be able to thank you. I know I've said this before and I dare say it is tiring to hear, but it makes a huge, huge, huge difference to the search ranking when you give Compulsive Overeating Diary a positive ranking and when you give it a review, it's even more of a boost. So I'm asking again, if you like Compulsive Overeating Diary and you have an iTunes account, please take a moment and give the show a good rating and or review. It encourages me no end and it really helps new BCs find us when they search for things like eating disorder, compulsive eating, or binge eating. Anyway, I wanted to tell you some of the review that these kind BCs wrote on iTunes. The first one has the title, Inside My Head, and it was by MGM Fam from the USA on December 30th. I just found this podcast a few days ago and went back to the beginning. I'm only on episode 18, but I'm already hooked. Lori is totally relatable. I feel like she could be my neighbor or friend. It's so hard to make people who aren't overweight understand, or even people who are overweight but don't feel the compulsion to eat. It would be great if there were an episode devoted to explaining it, like a way to help people come out of the compulsive overeating closet. I love Lori's humanness and how it reflects our own humanity. There is no pretense of perfection. Her flaws are what make this podcast endearing. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad that my flaws are a good thing. That really helps me feel much easier on this topic, which is to tell people my truths, right? The next one has a title, Very Motivating, and it's from Charmed32 from December 17. I just started listening to your podcast. I really do enjoy it. Your pain is my pain. Keep up the good work. Well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, you two, for taking the time to post these lovely reviews. And you know, I super love that topic idea about how to come out of the, quote, compulsive eating closet, unquote. I'm going to ponder on that myself. I have a few experiences that might make a good segment. And BCs, if you have some stories about telling friends or family about your eating issues or thoughts on the matter or ways that we can be brave to admit this truth to certain people, please call the Bravery Hotline, You Speak Pipe, or any of the normal ways that you can send audio or post your comments on today's notes or email me. I would love to compile these ideas and stories together and maybe make a feature a feature episode out of it, you know, kind of like a reference episode, how to tell people about our compulsions, how to be true about ourselves around this area. I think that would be fantastically awesome. What do you think? Like I said, call, write, post, however, let me know, because I think this might be just a kick-ass episode. just a few quick announcements. Note, I'm recording today on February 19th, 2015. So if you're following along after the fact, this announcement won't apply. But if you're the people that are just can't wait for Compulsive Overeating Diary to come out, this will apply. I'm going to be offline during the next week or so as I fly up to Washington to visit my family. So please don't worry if you don't see me around the social media or even on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Please, please, do comment or call the Bravery Hotline as I will return and I will see these and then I will create day 103 as soon as I can. If all I get are crickets, cricket, 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 
then I guess it will just have to be a pretty darn short episode. Next announcement is more of a reminder that if you are an Amazon shopper, if you need some stuff and you buy it from Amazon and you're going to Amazon anyway and you live in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K., I would so appreciate it if you would go to Amazon from your country's link on the Compulsive Overeating Diary Shop Amazon page because that gives me some money, just a little few pennies on the dollar, but, but those pennies add up and make a big difference to the show budget and it doesn't cost you any more than if you'd gone to Amazon directly. And some of you do this already, but after Christmas I noticed a real kind of slough off on this. So I'm just saying, if you are already planning to go to Amazon, I'm not saying please go buy something you don't need. No, never do that. But if you're going to Amazon anyhow, if you, it was on your mind to do so, please come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash Amazon, find the link for your country and go through there and help my show. Another way, if you enjoy the show and have five bucks you can spare, and I really mean, truly, if you can spare it, don't send me five bucks you can't spare. Please don't. I want you to use your money for yourself. Okay, but if you can spare it and you love the show and you want to help me, you can make a big financial difference by buying me one or more cups of virtual coffee. This will auto also automatically add you to the coffee clutch where you will get special videos and messages from time to time. And I'm working on one right now, in fact, a virtual walkthrough through Desconso for the coffee clutchers. And here's my hedge as always. I use any funds that I get from Amazon shoppers or from the coffee clutchers purely to support the cost of producing the show. So far, about one-third of my ongoing monthly show costs are paid for this way. That includes web hosting, media hosting, software licensing, and so forth. Does not include equipment that I buy or my time or other items that I purchase on a one-time basis. So just to let you know, since I am retired, I mean, I can afford to do this show even if nobody gives me any money at all. But it makes a big, big difference to us when you guys help support the cost of me doing this show. It means a lot to us. And it's, a, it's just kind of a weird truth to have, right? I don't want to feel like I'm begging you for money, but I want to put it out there that it does, for real, mean a lot to us when you support us in this way. It's also true that I can afford to take out of our family budget the cost of doing this show as long as I want to. At least right now, that's true. It's absolutely true. So your support is kind of emotional as well as financial. And that's why I like to mention it from time to time and try not to hit you over the head with it because I'm not destitute and I don't need this money and I'm not trying to make a profit off of you. What I'm trying to see is it feasible and maybe by trying to finally get my book finished and out there, <laughs> is it feasible for me to support the show from you, the brave companions participating, or for me getting speaking gigs or other ways? Is it possible for me to, to support this show without dipping into my family budget? That's the question. And again, it's not up to you <laughs> to make this happen for me, right? I'm letting you know how I feel about it, but it's not up to you to sacrifice to make this happen for me. If you say to yourself, wow, you know, I could afford five bucks. I do love this show, so I'm going to go right now and buy Lori a $5 cup of virtual coffee. Fantastic and mm -hmm, to you. If you can't afford it, 
and you're just going to support me with your good thoughts, your prayers, or by posting a comment, since you know how much I love that, or by calling the Bravery Hotline and doing some foolish fun, because I love that, do it any way that you can, right? All support is good support. And I really want to thank you for making me feel that it's okay for me to talk to you about money, emotions, and support, and how they're all tied together for me. Now, before we continue on with our comments from our epic show 100, let's hear from the unknown foolish funner. Lori <laughs> <laughs> <Lore> presents <laughs> Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> I think this is a foolish fun hotline, and I was calling to tell you a joke about amnesia, but I forgot how it goes. <laughs> and if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly eye. Okay, I have to admit that I recognize that foolish funner's voice. How about you? Why not call the Bravery Hotline and guess? Anyway, thanks, foolish funner. Oh, I forgot. Now, what was I saying? Fooey, <laughs> I guess that truth goes to show why I do need some acting practice. I wrote that joke, but I have to say, after listening, I did deliver it very well. Let me try again. Thanks, foolish funner, for... Oh, I forgot. No, what was I saying? <laughs> I'll see if that's any better. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Foolish Funner. I have to say, of everything in the world, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. When someone calls the Bravery Hotline or sends me audio for Foolish Fun in any way, I love Foolish Fun, and I love you, Foolish Funner. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to share with you that I absolutely loved Show 100, the big epic celebration anniversary show that I recorded on the anniversary, (laughs) the actual day, and all the participation. And I really enjoyed all of the comments that I've gotten on that show. So if you haven't heard that show yet, go back, listen to Epic Show 100, and please post your comments there too. These are just a few of them. Okay, it was so awesome. Anyhow, Cheryl writes, What a wonderfully awesome way to review and celebrate the past year in all its ups and downs. So much content. Lori, you did a great job putting it all together. There were many things that stuck out for me in the podcast. One was that you realized that even with the support of a wonderful group of BCers online to support you in the virtual world, it was very important for you to get the help you needed right there in your real world too. In the past, I think I've kind of thought of my online friends that were my most valuable asset. But eventually, I realized you can't run away from what you have to deal with every day by spending hours on the computer. I'll catch up with you. As you mentioned, you were smart to seek someone closer to home who could give you the intensive help that you needed. 
I really appreciated your singing teacher Vicky's comments about getting out of your own way. I don't think I'd ever actually thought about that. I'm going to have to spend some time reflecting on where I do that in my life. It was so much fun to listen to your interviews with all of your teachers in the writing group. I loved your honesty about how hard it is sometimes to take the criticism. I think you're a perfect example of what can happen when we remember we never stop being students. As long as we can focus on learning, being what we're about, that criticism becomes more productive. It was fun too to be able to put voices with names. It was kind of awesome to realize what a global community we've become here. And Fiona's song, OMG, that was just beautiful. And I will definitely be downloading it for those times when I need to remember I am not alone on the journey. It was really cool to hear all the comments you worked into it. Global family indeed. I especially appreciated Sandy's brave goal of wanting to be a better version of herself. Them there are words to live by partners. Congratulations again on your double 100. It was fun to listen to and it made me feel like part of one big happy family. Yeah, we all have our struggles, but there's something so great about knowing others have your back. Big hugs to you, Lori, Mark, and to all BCers out there. Thanks, Cheryl. I really loved your comment, and that's why I wanted to read it for the show. Another one comes from Pat. Lori, bravo, bravo. The 100th episode was fantastic. Your hard work paid off. Wonderful. It popped up on Facebook, and I couldn't wait to get home and settled in to listen. I heard all the people I've gotten to know. Everything came together beautifully. Lori, you have a natural gift, and you're using it. Congratulations, Lori, and all BCs. It's a family, a global family, knitted together this past year. My head was spinning connecting all the BCs. Your teachers, hearing Mark, finally, again, and Fiona's BC song. Awesome. I'll follow your lead, Cheryl, and save this episode so when I am down, I'll listen, and this will give me a big, warm smile, knowing that you all get it. A shout-out for Mark. I enjoy your part, and when you are corralled and join in, just makes my day when you give your opinions. I don't know why, but it makes it so real. So keep it up. We all need each other. Pat. And Pat, I read that one because I especially enjoyed that you gave Mark a shout out. Since he's just now starting to understand the truth that UBCs do like to hear him on the show. Finally, Sue from the UK says, Well done for a marvelous show. It was great to hear about your bravery day and your teachers think so highly of you and finding out about their journeys. It was so interesting. It was lovely to hear all the BCs and Fiona's song is beautiful. Suze's piece made me smile. So talented, both of you. And there were very many more comments and you can read them all on the show notes page on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day 100. Another truth is that everyone, but Everyone, from my teachers and coaches to brave companions to professionals I interact with to my buddies, loved, 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 loved Fiona's Brave Companion song. And the participation from you brave companions telling your bravery stories from around the world is what really put the cherry on top of the sundae. But Fiona and I didn't intend the Brave Companion song to have just one version, au contraire. We intend to have it played various times with different stories to highlight our commitment to supporting each other and to give us a great ongoing way to celebrate bravery. So please, even if you have been featured on the Brave Companion song before, or if you have never ever been brave enough to ever share your voice with it, or it just sounds like a fun, cool thing to do, 
Call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe or any way that you can send audio and just send me these three things. Your name, where you are from in general, why you are brave or like being a BC. That's it. Here's an example. I'm Lori from California and I'm brave for sending out an email to my teacher to ask him to criticize me some more. These instructions are also on the how to send audio page on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. As soon as I have three or more BCs with new bravery stories, Fiona's song will get new airplay. What are you waiting for? Let's be brave today. And let's have a goal to try to make this song appear on the show as much as possible. Now, speaking of bravery, I'm proud to announce Suzanne is on the bravery report, not once, but twice. Ta-da! Once for the brave action she took, and once for actually realizing how brave she was, and so she posted on the bravery report itself. Suzanne posts, Last night I was up late because I'm a night owl and I have today off, and my mind was fixated on a box of spinach artichoke dip I knew was in the freezer, and that bag of chips in the closet. The thought of that delicious dip plagued me for a couple of hours. I read a couple chapters of Eating the Lie of the Moon and finally fell asleep. I did not eat that dip. I've noticed something since I started taking, and here she mentions a medication. I've noticed since I started taking this medication, I seem to feel satisfied faster when eating and stay satisfied longer. I think the mental work I've been doing might now pay off a bit. The drug is known to raise blood sugar and cause weight gain, so I'll have to keep awareness around that. But for now, I am on the bravery report. It's like the lift in mood and energy from the new medicine has finally made it possible for me to make some mental and emotional progress with this. And my answer, way to go, Suzanne. I am so proud of you. That is awesome news that the medication is helping. I know how tough finding the right meds or combo of meds can be, and you are double awesome that you put yourself on the bravery report. That speaks volumes about your growth and bravery and how you are becoming your own best advocate. And this is so key to every success, be it eating as we wish, singing, piano playing, everything. Well done, XOXOXOXO. So BCs, please stop by the Bravery Report on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com to congratulate Suze on her bravery. And to as long as you're there, why not celebrate some bravery of your own by proudly posting, I am on the Bravery Report. Remember, it doesn't have to be huge. Bravery can come in small, still moments as well as in large actions. Okay, as I said in the Letting Go segment, Despite my disappointment in my voice acting report card, I had a really fun time last class doing dialogues with my scene partners. I'm going to play one of them for you this week. Phyllis, Roger, and I take turns being a fast-talking bank customer who needs a business loan in a hurry. I hope you enjoy hearing how we did as we switched from the fast talker to the customer to being the announcer. We're rolling on Bank Mutual, and this is take one. Hi, my name is Harry, and I need a loan to help me expand my already rather large and successful business. Whoa, slow down. Welcome to Bank Mutual. I'm talking rapidly because business loans take forever to get approved, so the faster I speak, the faster I'll get one. Or you could just talk with one of our commercial banking experts. And I'll get a loan fast? Very. Unlike a lot of other banks, at Bank Mutual, commercial banking decisions are made locally. So they're made quickly, often the same day. The same day you say? It happens. Wow, that 
is fast. No, that's Bank Mutual. Bank Mutual, the bank you can really use. Equal Opportunity Lender, member FDIC. Okay, well, time-wise, 34, just under 34 on this one. And, and, and the main reason it was long is, is, is because Roger was speaking so slowly that it just lagged and dragged that whole spot. No, unfortunately, uh, uh, Roger knows how to talk really, really quickly. The combination of talking quickly and clearly is a skill you can take to the bank. Do-do-do-do-do, uh, where are we? Uh, um, Phyllis. Uh, you give good banker. Uh, the only uh, the only place that I that I flagged was um, uh, uh, right in the middle. He said uh, he says I'll get a loan fast. And you say very unlike a lot of other banks. And so we had upspeak on there. Ah. And again, when you put upspeak on something, it sounds like you're not sure. Mm -hmm. Unlike a lot of other banks. But again, this is your one time to disparage the other banks. Most a lot of spots basically are saying, look, you can go there or you can come here. The other guys, they do this, but we do this. That's what every spot's all about, all right? Unlike a lot of other banks, comma, let's honor that comma. Let's not put the upspeak on there. I'm not saying that upspeak is not appropriate sometimes. It is, but here it isn't, all right, uh, in this particular case. So let's take that out. Other than that, you were right on the money with your banker. You're good. You were good. You were strong. You had a smile. You had a smile all the way through on this one. Um, and 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 the smile is the promise of a good experience. That's what the smile is when you're when you're doing commercials. That's what that smile says. You're going to have a good experience. This is easy to do. This is a good value for you. That's what all that smile says. So your smile, uh, Phyllis, as I said right from the get-go, right from the very first class, you could open up. You have energy to 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 to, to sell. You you've got energy to spend. You got and you have you could open up an energy shop. You've got so much energy in you, and that's great because your presence is you have a really strong, clear, uh, 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 unadulterated presence behind that microphone. Sometimes you'll take it a little bit too much. That's okay. I'd rather pull you back than pull it out of you. But you but you 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 held your own really really well. And and Lori, although you only had one line. Bank Mutual, the bank you can really use. Lori not only anticipated the lines, so she didn't come in with a <gasps> whatever the case may be. She took her breath while the other people were talking. She came in clean. She came in on time, and she came in with a smile. On subsequent takes, Lori, I just have you project a little bit more. Give me a little bit more volume to match your compatriots. All right? But other than that, you did a nice job on your one line. And if you just have one line in the script, you Make that one line shine, okay? And be ready for it and be prepared and, 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 and nail it because you only have one line and one shot. All right, let's now flip roles. This time, uh, Laura, you're going to be CEO and you're going to be Harriet. And, and, and Phyllis, you're going to be the AVO. And um, that leaves Roger to be the banker. Let's do it. Second crew, take one. Hi, my name is Harriet, and I need a loan to help me expand my already rather large and successful business. Whoa, slow down. Welcome to Bank Mutual. I'm talking rapidly because business loans take forever to get approved, so the faster I speak, the faster I'll get one. Or you could just talk with one of our commercial banking experts. And I'll get a loan fast? Very. Unlike a lot of other banks, at Bank Mutual, commercial banking decisions are made locally, so they're made quickly, often the same day. The same day, you say? It happens. Wow. 
That is fast. No, that's Bank Mutual. Bank Mutual, the bank you can really use. Equal Opportunity Lender, member FDIC. You knocked off a couple of seconds off of that one. So, so that one was really, really, I think in this particular case, you could not have gone any faster. I think you kept your lines really tight. We still came in, came in at 34, so in all likelihood, they had to cut copy. Hmm. You know, let them do that. You guys did a terrific job on that one. I heard you in the booth when you were rehearsing, and you're really nailing down that time and getting your timing down. It's not an easy spot. You did a great job in the booth, and so I'm not surprised that you did a, you're doing a great job here. Um, I did not flag anything on that take whatsoever. Laura, you just went, you just blitzed through that. Everything was clear, clean. Uh, uh, you stayed true to your, your character, very consistent with that character, and, um, and a good smile at the end because that was the, that was the result. Wow, that is fast. And again, I heard that smile on your voice that basically said, yes, I'm satisfied. So you ended it really, really well. Um, uh, Roger, you made your you made your banker make sense, and in this particular case, notice when when Roger's first line says "Whoa, slow down," Ro Roger Roger didn't say "Whoa, slow down." Welcome to Bank Mutual. He actually slowed down. He kept her. He tried to get her to slow down, and and it didn't work. But at least it was a good contrast. So not only did he say slow down, but he actually did slow down, which was a great contrast to this spot, the going fast talker to the person who was just, uh, again, normal and, uh, and made that work really, really well. And, um, uh, and, and in this particular case, Roger was the straight man setting up, setting up uh, uh, Lori as, as, as the, uh, 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 the humor. And, um, and, um, and that's it. And then, and then in terms of uh, uh, the one line, the, uh, the bank mutual bank you can really use, Phyllis anticipated her line. She came in strong with a smile. Whenever you're coming off of a humorous uh, dialogue and you have one line, come in with a smile. You guys did great. We're going to now do that voodoo you didn't do already. <laughs> this is third crew, take one. Hi, my name is Harriet. I need a loan to help me expand my already rather large and successful business. Whoa, whoa, slow down. Welcome to Bank Mutual. I'm talking rapidly because business loans take forever to get approved, so the faster I speak, the faster I'll get one. Or you could just talk with one of our commercial banking experts. And I'll get a loan fast? Very. Unlike a lot of other banks, at Bank Mutual, commercial banking decisions are made locally. So they're made quickly, often the same day. The same day, you say? It happens. Wow, that is fast. No, that's Bank Mutual. Bank Mutual, the bank you can really use. Equal Opportunity Lender, member FDIC. All right, that was the best take so far and the, and the fastest take as well. It's a, a, a 33 and a half on this particular case. Um, again, each take got better and better and better, which, which, was, which was really, really solid on this one. Uh, uh, working from the beginning, Phyllis, you did a great job with Harriet. Uh, equal opportunity lender, equal opportunity lender. It's a mouthful. And again, your muscle memory has got to get that through. It's got to just trip right off your, your tongue there. So that's just something you could, you could work on. That was the only place where you were, that was your only weak uh, moment it was, was at the very, very end because everything else, right on the money. The only thing I would have done on subsequent takes, Phyllis, was was uh, after she said after Lori said uh, uh, um, uh, Lori said uh, something made quickly off in the same day. You said the same day you say, but the internal direction said still fast. The same day you say. Ah, mm -hmm. The same day you say. 
Internal directions, usually it's in, it's in parentheses, so look at the internal direction. CEO speaking incredibly fast, still speaking fast, still fast, still fast, and then speaking slowly. But other times you'll see internal direction where it says sad, or upbeat, or pensive, or quizzical, or frustrated, or, and these are basically, again, gifts. These are gifts from the copywriter to instantaneously change your mood, change your tone, change your attitude, change your emotion, and match basically what's going on there. So these are, these are like cliff notes for directions, all right? You don't even have to ask. You don't even have to figure it out. The writer's providing it for you. Talk about a no-brainer. It's fabulous. So easy. So easy to do. Um, everybody else was, was, was great. Uh, I, you, what's funny, Lori, is as your, your banker, as she was going uh, midway through, got a little bit faster. It was basically mirroring the, uh, the, the CEO. So your fastest one was very unlike a lot of other banks, Bank Mutual. <laughs> so, so, and this is, very, this is very, very common. This happens all the time. When we're talking to somebody, we unconsciously start mirroring their mode of speech, their, their way of speech, their tone and their pace. This is, this, is very, this is built into us genetically. This is a genetic thing that we unconsciously do. We mirror uh, constantly. So the, uh, uh, in this particular case, we just have to remember you're the one who's, who's steady, not fast, but uh, again, you're the straight man. Let that person be the, uh, uh, be the, uh, uh, the humor. Um, and in this case, Phyllis had the, uh, the, the, the single line back mutual came, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Roger. Roger had the bank mutual line, yes. and Roger, you came in, Roger, you could open up a smile shop. <laughs> came in great. Bank mutual, the bank you can really use. You sounded sincere, you had a smile, that was your promise, and you, and you came in, you had a really, really nice smile coming in off of that silly little dialogue there. So you matched, you matched the humor beautifully. You guys did great on this. Come on in. Oh, I was so mad about that whole mirroring thing when I was the banker. Outside of that slight speed increase, I was very happy with that particular performance. But you know, overall, it was a great job. And if we three had been hired for that spot, and that was the only issue, then the very next take, we would have nailed it. One unexpected blessing of trying to learn a performance art is that that critique aspect has truly nailed my perfectionism in its coffin. There is no way to be perfect when performing. Every performance can be different. All feedback is a lesson to be learned from. There is always another take, even if just for yourself at home, where you can apply what you've learned. You know, BCs, most mistakes in life have more takes too. We can be kinder the next time. We can listen to our tummies a bit better. We can choose to cuddle our cats or kids for a moment instead of snapping at them when we are busy. The list goes on and on and on. So even though it will mean more work for me to even get to the audition point in voice acting, I'm not giving up. And while I'm practicing being a better voice actor, I'm going to apply these lessons in patience and persistence in my life. My rant last show about sizeism and not fitting in was also documented by moi in a blog post called Fitting In, Hating the Simpsons and Loving the Kindness of Strangers. I'll put a link in that, I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. But I wanted to highlight some of the great comments this post generated. And this is how I'm going to wrap up today's show, okay? Suzanne writes this eloquent recap. Ah, yes, I have been there many times and seemingly never voluntarily. 
I hate those moments when something like that comes and slaps you in the face and reminds you that you are in the out group as far as the in group is concerned. There is something wrong with you that is worthy not of compassion or inclusion or education, but of derision, mockery, and disgust. It seems like these little reminders pop up when we least expect it, when we're feeling vulnerable, like we needed so many reminders that we're not acceptable, that people feel they have the right to judge our intelligence, our morality, our work ethic, just by looking at our bodies. It sucks. I've been thinking about the media lately, and even of old TV shows and television commercials I saw as a kid and as a young adult. The messages really haven't changed in the weight department. They haven't even gotten more sophisticated or subtle. That message is like an automated mallet pounding away on our heads. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to take it with a grain of salt, definitely not sugar. And I'm supposed to be able to laugh at myself, but it's a lot harder to have a sense of humor when your weight has drawn negative attention and abuse from others for pretty much your whole life. Amen, sister. I swear a lot of us have fat shaming PTSD. I am so well self-trained in the art of avoiding the fat shaming sucker punch that I learned to make it clear early and often that I am well aware of my weight and even poke fun at myself about it just in case any jackass out there was thinking of putting me in my place, a fat peg in a fat hole. My God, Suzanne, you are such a great writer. <laughs> but there's always that surprise jackass who comes out of nowhere when you are just minding your own business. Some of the old TV things that came to mind recently were the obvious sorts of things, like Happy Days, where they set up Richie on a blind date, and he asked, Is she fat? She better not be fat. Har har, so funny. The laugh track came on in cue. Well, the joke was, the girl turned out to be quite tall and a few inches taller than Richie, and they went to a costume party with her dressed as the Statue of Liberty. And Richie learned his lesson that she was a sweet girl, and he had a great time, even though at the end of the night, he had to stand on the stoop in order to give her a goodnight kiss. Could he have learned the same lesson with an overweight or even obese girl? And commercials. I've been thinking about weight and gender. Remember that old stovetop stuffing commercial where this boy is over at a friend's house and they invite him to stay for dinner? We're having stovetop stuffing. The boy calls home to clear it with his mom and finds out they're having dinner an hour later than at his friend's house. And what luck, his own mom is also making stovetop stuffing. And he thinks to himself, hey, stovetop stuffing twice in one night. What a clever little lad, except he wasn't that little. He was probably about 11 and as I recall, not what you would call thin. Can you even imagine them using a girl instead of a boy in that commercial, having a girl scheming to get twice the food in one evening than she would normally get? Only boys are supposed to be hungry. We only make jokes to boys about having a hollow leg or getting big and strong. Girls are not congratulated for a hearty appetite much long after infancy. It's dangerous for a girl to have a big appetite because if she gets fat, she loses her social currency. Then Suze writes more about some thought-provoking examples before telling a personal truth. I hope you are having a safe journey and a great time. Oh, by the way, I started off calling myself Suze on here because only a very few people call me that in real life. And they are usually the people closest to me who like me. Also, back in school, there was a Sue, a Susan, and a Suzanne in my class. And it was too confusing to shorten my name. And now we have a Sue on this site too, and I know it's easier to hear the difference in the podcast between Sue and Suzanne, so I'm fine with being called Suzanne. I never meant things to be confusing by using two names. I'm called both around home anyway, and I answer to both. So this is what I have to say, Suze. Suze, by any other name, was smell as sweet. Suzanne, Suze, either is fine and is no trouble at all. 
And since you first used Suze, that's how I think of you. And even though we live far apart, I do like you. So, well, I'll try for clarity's sake between Sue from the UK and Suze to use Suzanne. Don't be surprised if I slip and call you Suze anyway. XOXOXO. And by the way, don't forget we got plenty of Amy's around here. And that's why some people have other names as well, is for me to try to keep them straight. But you know what? All of these little nicknames are kind of my Valentine heart to you anyway. So, you know, also it's a good point now that if you'd like to participate, but you're shy about, quote, coming out of the compulsive eating closet, it's fine with us if you make up a name and just use that with us here at Compulsive Overeating Diary. Okay. Another hopeful truth about my size as a brand on that blog post came from Stephanie from Quebec. She says, I'm hopeful one day in 50 or 100 years, scientists will explain more thoroughly the complexity involving body size, obesity, genetics, and societal tendencies surrounding this issue. One day, we as a human race will evolve in our views of this epidemic problem of body image. One day, people judging and fat shaming will be viewed as ancient and outdated, and our generation will be viewed as the first to have led humanity in this evolution. Like you said, somebody someday started condemning racism and homophobia, and look at where we are now. Me too, mon ami. I hope I will live to see the day where we are all getting respect, whatever our bodies look like or how they function. It could happen. I pray it will happen. I intend to speak up and out about it more, too. I want to do what I can to create an environment where we BCs can be any size, shape, color, or creed and proud of who we are as people. How about you? Do you have some thoughts or stories about sizeism in our various cultures? Please share any way that you can. And I would just love to hear from you because I don't care if you are slender, big, trying to get more slender, trying to get more big, or just happy as you are. I'm proud of you for who you are today. And what matters to me is your heart and your character. That is what I think is important. That's the thing that can grow. That's the thing that has meaning in our life, really. How big is your heart and your character today? From my point of view and my truth, my BC's hearts and character are huge and I love it that way. Until next time, BCs, you hang in there, live your truth, be proud, take care, because I really, really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound And there I'll sit, I'll admit That I was only just a guest inside my skin